Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello. Welcome. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. I am Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. And I am here to keep this issue alive. So the Oregon shooter, my problem with only doing one show is this is becoming commonplace. I mean, that's sad to say. But when I got off the plane from Israel and I found out there had been another shooter, there was a part of me that went, ah, another one, and wanted to set it aside. And I heard that part of me echo very loudly inside and and thought, wow, we can't get there. We can't let our our world get to a place where that becomes, oh, just another shooter. And especially important for our community is that there is, um, you know, the the paintbrush of Asperger's has been painted on this whole issue. Uh, The mom having said she has Asperger's syndrome and the son at some point, she said he was on the autism spectrum. And also it's been reported that, you know, he just had a developmental delay. There's that sort of that murky area that often happens in autism. And in fact, the son we're going to talk with today has that same murky area. He was sort of my Heinz 57 diagnosis kid where they didn't really, especially back then, they didn't even have a spectrum. So they didn't really call him autistic at that point. Uh, they just kept giving him a new diagnosis and a new diagnosis and a new diagnosis. And then there were places where he was quite smart and places, and so it was confusing for them. Um, at this point, we've kind of skipped around and from Canada to the States and, and found a way to help him to grow and learn and change without um, the stigma following him. And that was very important because one of the things that he wanted to do was to be on a team that would be respected in the world, something where he was a team player making a difference in the world. And he's actually in the National Guard and has gone overseas twice and is a helicopter mechanic. Now, what's remarkable about that is many things, of course, many, many, many things. Um, But he began as somebody very challenged with anger. And in fact, when I adopted him, he came with a label of angry boy, you know, be careful. (laughs) Um, And so there was a lot to work on with him. And his ending up in the National Guard actually came on the heels of me first sending him to a place that was about finding your beliefs, and it's called the Option Institute, and he stayed there and did a very long program, uh, eight weeks plus some volunteer time, uh, called Living the Dream. And it helps you to embrace who you really are, examine your thoughts, examine how your thoughts create your feelings. And so he was unique in that I raised him. He came from, first he was adopted from a family of great abuse. The dad had taken social workers, two social workers hostage, beating all the children and the mother, and um, and finally one of the social workers got away, and the police came, and, uh, and you know, he was eventually taken in, into custody, and the kids were 
put into the foster care system and the mom was given the option of staying with the dad or not. And she said, well, I need to stay with the dad, so I'll give up my kids. And so this is how they came to be mine. It's a, it's a difficult story. And so this boy that we're going to talk with, this man, um, came from roots like that. So there's a lot of proving that you don't have to be stuck with what you what you started with here. So he had many, you know, genetically predisposed conditions. He had um, fetal alcohol syndrome like his brother, so he was affected by the gestation period influences of the mother's drugs and, and alcohol. And then he also uh, had this horrible abusive past. He was three when I got him. And so he came angry. He came with sort of the catch-all diagnoses. I never even heard of auditory dyslexia, but that was one of the ones he got. I mean, he just kept getting one after another because he didn't quite fit anywhere. So he was that kid, that kid that um, it was hard to get the teachers to like, actually. And there was a point where uh, we ended up in, uh, you know, looking at – his behavior and going, wow, you're getting ticketed for fighting at school. You're um, starting to get into vandalism. I definitely have to do something. And so what I'm trying to set up here is that no matter where you come from and what you're originally starting with, the environment that you live in, what you are supported by, changes your story. It changes it in either direction. You can make someone crazy. They've been brainwashing forever. They know you can make someone crazy. Everybody knows that. We've seen a million movies about it. You can also, if you can neuroplastically make someone crazy, you can neuroplastically help someone to be not crazy, not violent, not angry. Um, Doesn't mean they won't have leanings. Doesn't mean they won't have a personality that goes in one direction or another. But you really can influence how somebody is by how you treat them. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what could have been done differently. Um, and maybe I'll even ask my son about his views on, on gun rights and that sort of thing since it's the political hot button. And he is in the Army, so he most likely has a gun, something I would never, never, never have. So welcome to the show, Chan. Thank you so much for being willing to do this. All right, so I want to read to you so that you kind of have a sense of why I thought you'd be the perfect guest today. I don't know if you have um, heard what's gone on with the Oregon shooter as far as some of the information that's out there about um, his diagnosis. Have you heard about that? No, I read a little bit about it, but I didn't really indulge into anything about it. Yeah, I don't like to indulge in this stuff either, but my problem is that it's splashing on... um, the community of special needs people in a way that I would rather it didn't. So I'm going to read this thing. Um, so the mom, one of the things that they did, chances they went ahead and they looked into, you know, kind of the online life of the mother. And she had several posts where she referred to herself as having Asperger's syndrome. And that's, you know what that is, that's the considered high-functioning autism, right? Of course, it's not even on the spectrum anymore in the new diagnostic manual, but it doesn't matter. She also uh, referred to her son as having a developmental disorder, but at other times, she talked about her son as being on the autism spectrum. And then they, you know, then they get into some of her comments, and that's really what I'd like to talk about. So, What I'm hoping we can chat about a little bit, and you know, you can share your life a little in order to do that, but 
So here's this mom who has Asperger's, and, you know, I was weird and eventually got the same diagnosis as Asperger's years years later after I raised you guys. Um, and then you guys had your issues. And so in this situation, this woman is talking online about all these guns that they should have, they do have, they got them legally. Um, she makes a bunch of comments like any, let me see if I can find one. It's, I keep all my mags full. I keep two full mags in my Glock case. And the ARs and the AKs, which I suppose you know what they are because you're in the National Guard, but I don't, they all have loaded mags. No one will be dropping by my house uninvited. So, so here's the question that I thought it would be really important for us to talk about. So this, this boy that did the shooting, he was in the Army for, I think it was nine weeks, and they kicked him out for violent episodes. So you started out life angry, you got into trouble at school, you did living the dream, and then you went into the National Guard. Let's look at how that can change a person's life for the better or the worse. Do you mind? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so tell me, when you went to the National Guard, I already told everyone about living the dream and what that was, so you were kind of equipped in a new way compared, I'm sure this boy wasn't, he had, sounds like his mom is all about guns and she's going to the shooting range with him and, and probably feeding him the idea of being angry is a good thing and fighting back is a good thing, which is the opposite of what I taught. <laughs> um, so, so he gets into the Army. When you went to, to basic training, how was that? Like, if you were someone who was raised the way that he was, how would that have affected you? Would it have made it worse or better? My honest opinion? Yeah, yeah. No, your honest opinion. Oh. Well, I think uh, the Army is, is built for what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to train whoever comes in. It doesn't matter if it's a woman uh boy, man, child, because, you know, kids mm -hmm. come in at the age of 17 and they do go to basic training. So it doesn't matter who comes in, but, but the whole program of base training is to, is to form you into, uh, into a, a soldier, right? You know, mm -hmm. like you signed the dotted line, you went to the recruiter and you said, I want to join the National Guard or the, you know, regular army, the Navy or Marines or whatever. And, you know, and this is what I want to do. So they... You know they know how to how to take a bunch of like in, individuals and and train them into what they want. You know what I mean? Which is you know soldiers, Marines, you know like Navy men and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that you have to do is that you have to be well, you know, uh, you have to be well um, educated in in uh, like firearms. You know, mm -hmm. and this is the thing that you have to do. And the other things that they do look for is people who don't, who are unstable and, or who, who don't fit, you know, like the needs of the army. So they do kick these people out. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened to this guy. He probably had an episode and the army, you know, the army drill sergeants probably saw this and they probably like, oh, this guy's kind of unstable, blah, blah, blah. And they probably tried to fix it or they probably tried to help him. And maybe he just didn't want to be there. Right. You know? That's, so here's, you know, here's, that's, that's basically what happened, you know? Okay, but here's, here's my question. So here you are, you're unstable. You've slipped through the, the you know, original tests or whatever to get in. So you're in, you are unstable. And then they do put you through such rigorous training. Would that increase 
Your anger, what did it, like in only nine weeks, how much could he No, have no, it wouldn't, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe it will increase your anger. Actually, it will probably teach you about, about good gun safety, you know, you know, gun safety or um, how to use a, a weapon or, um, or probably what not to do. You know what I mean? What, how, you know, n not to do the things that he, that he did. So you think maybe the reason someone like him could have ended up kicked out is because he's there to do exactly the opposite of what the army wants, which is a sort of well-trained, compliant, yeah. violent only no, way people necessary. kill people. Guns don't kill people. People kill right. people. You know, that's what society, like, they, you know, that's the one thing they don't understand is that people kill people. Guns don't kill people. Like, if you set a gun in your closet and, like, leave it for 10 years, it's not going to... Grow legs and walk away. Go shoot people, people right? <laughs> right? No, it's not. You know what I mean? Like it needs a uh, like a vessel to do that. It needs a human being to go do that, or you know, it needs a, a child or a, or a uh, or a grown up or a woman or whoever to pick up this gun and go kill and go kill people, right? You know. Right. Okay. That's so, the truth. So, okay. So when you went to training, did that mm -hmm. make you feel? Because you you had had issues with, um, you know, fighting in school and all that. And so we, here's our history. You're fighting in school, you're getting into, and it's typical, it's teenage stuff, and you're getting into, you know, vandalizing and stuff. We go to the RV, we travel in the resorts, then you do Living the Dream, then you do the Army. Did each of these things change how you felt inside, or were you already changed before you got to the National Guard? Oh, I was already changed before I even joined the National Guard. You know, I I myself made it a decision to to change, to become better, to join the National. You know, I like me. I've always wanted to join the military my whole life. You know, that's just me though. You know, right. you, you know what happens a lot is that some some guys they join the military for for different reasons, for the wrong reasons sometimes. You know, you can't blame one one huge organization, you know, off of one person. Or you can't blame a whole, you know, you can't just, like, ban weapons because one person shot one. You know what I mean? It's just wrong. You know? It's – me personally, I changed before I joined the military. You know? But the military helped me to achieve my goals and my dreams. You know what I mean? Like, it's built for, you know – you know, Did like, it make you stronger? Of course it did, yeah. It's the military. It's the army. You know, if, you know, if the army made me weaker, then I'll be like, oh, that's pretty bad, huh? <laughs> you know, Good point. You know, it's not, Good point. You know what I mean? You might want to worry about our armed services here, you know, right? But, I mean, emotionally, did you do you feel like you became emotionally and mentally stronger from the training? Sure, yes. All right, so let's back it up. Do you think that since you were able to change before you joined – because, I mean, we could get into gun rights and stuff, and if we do, we'll be on opposite sides. So let's not go there yet. <laughs> so let's, no, let's look at yes. living mm -hmm. the dream, for example. Do you think that that helped you? Yeah, it helped me. Sure. It helps me and uh, it helps, you know, helps everybody in their own different, in their own way, you know. What do you but think it helped was, me. What was it, what was useful about it? Because I have my I think idea, it was useful. I think, I think honestly, like in my honest opinion, I think it honestly showed me how normal I was. Because everybody, you know, like I went to, you know, to this program and everybody was talking about like the weirdest shit. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I you love know? that. I'm serious. Yes. You know, it's true. You know, it's no, not, I, you yes. know, like, uh, like molestation or, 
you know, people yeah. cheating on whoever or stealing money or just feeling sorry about themselves or wanting to kill themselves. Like, you know, it's true. You know, these, all these people are getting around. They're all talking about this shit. Not, and I kind of just stood back and just watched and I was like, wow, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not the only one, you know? Right. You know, and like, I think I'm normal. That's cute. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I I'm actually more normal than than these people because these people have like issues, and I and I only got what the hell am I going to do with my life? You know, right. question. Okay, so now I have another question about that because I thought that was really important for me too when I discovered all these worlds of adults that uh, had as many problems as I did. It took the pressure off me. I didn't feel as broken. So, here's a question: Do you think that? a large part of all this stuff is the amount of lying that adults do to kids about what the adult world is like. And then all of a sudden you're an adult and you step into the adult world and you find out most of that was crap. I think it has, you want, okay, let me tell you what I think what's, what's going on is that, is that the constitution strictly says that the states can govern themselves even on education. You know what I mean? But now the federal government has stepped in and took charge or took control of the education system and said every state will will have will uh, teach their kids this curriculum. That's the problem now. You know, where before before all this happened, before you know probably your time or whatever, every state or or every province they educated their children the way they wanted. Well, actually, that's interesting. Let's go there because in Canada, which is where you went to school for most of your school life, until we came here, I know that was short-lived, and then we homeschooled. So um, in Canada, it's federal, and it was federal for me too, and I don't think your school helped you much. So let's talk about that. What what do you think? Did you get that much out of school? No, not really because – Probably a system because, well, Canada is a very socialistic country anyways, and all their education, all their um, uh, all their schools are all, are all run by the government, you know? If you take, like, if you take the government out of school, then you probably won't have 95% of the problems you have today, you know? You won't have these, all these kids, you know, feeling left out or feeling isolated or feeling, oh, I'm stupid. I was watching this documentary on on uh, YouTube about this guy who was talking about all this kind of stuff about education and all that kind of stuff. And he he so he was talking about how if kids went into school and they they were given an option or not even an option, but like they were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then they told them, and they like and and the teachers just focused on that one thing that they wanted to become their whole lives and just, you know, like everybody has to learn how to read. Yes. Everybody knows, you know, like everybody, you know, has to learn how to spell and all that kind of stuff and write and, you know, you know, simple math and all that kind of stuff. But kids are not, kids are not, um, are are, like, they're not being taught basic, you know, life skills, reality, work skills. Like they're not, you know, like how to, um, how to, how to put it alone, you know, like, you know, like what's money, does the money come, the federal, you know, like does the money come from the government or does it come from like federal reserve, what's interest, you know, what's inflation, how to, you know, how to rent, you know, how to rent a apartment, how to even get right, an apartment, right. how to life. buy a car yeah. and all that kind of stuff, you know, like kids don't right. know how to do this shit. So when they come out of school, you know, and every kid is taught the same and every kid learns differently, like I did, you know, 
you know, like, yeah. of course the kids, you know, like these kids are not going to know what to do. So what, okay, so you know, let's, so let's let's get into let's give actual answers to people. So these are great series, and I agree with you, and I think that's what we did. We did very hands-on yeah. stuff. So you are listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. I am Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad, and I am talking with my amazing son. I've been talking with different sons lately. Isn't that cool? Lucky for you. So I'm talking with my amazing son who has come through a lot of learning challenges and made his way into a very successful life. I think he's maybe coming up on 15 years in the National Guard. I'll ask him in a second. Um, but he's done really well, been overseas a couple of times, come back, uh, handled all that, still works on the base, and is very committed to the National Guard. So I'm very proud of him, and we're going to talk a little bit about what exactly it is that needs to be done different. So, Chance, thanks. Um, oh, and remember to stay to the end of the show where I will do stories from the road. Although this whole show is kind of a story from the road. Okay, so Chance, I get the theory. I agree with you. I think the biggest problem that we have is that that the kids aren't being taught what they are going to use. I mean, there's so many, even low-functioning people like Dar, he would go to school and he was able to do high-level math, but he couldn't wipe his bum. I mean, it was silly, right? Yeah, sure. So, right, so this imbalance, this chasm between what they're teaching him in school and what he needs to know to live successfully with his family was really big. So what would you do different? Let's just look at your life, because you can't speak for Dara's life or Rai's life. They were different places. They were much more No, of course not, because, you know, they learn different than I do. Right. So for your life, when you look back over school, what are like two or three things that you think they could have done different that would have would have made a difference for you, would have prepared you better so that I didn't have to do so much of it? Well, the first thing that they should have done is that they should have noticed that I couldn't read to save my life, and that's the one thing they should have focused on. You know what I mean? Like they should have, you know, they should have just said, oh, this kid's not, you know, he's not following, you know, with the rest of the class, and he's not, you know, he's kind of falling behind. Let's pull this kid out, do some one-on-one with him, or just, you know, get him up to par with all the rest, you know, with, with all the rest of the kids. Okay, I love this you know, answer because, because no, so how because could, that was my main problem. That was the one, the one thing that I had problems with, and you know, and it, and uh, and and it brought on a lot of like emotions. You know what I mean? A, a lot, lot of, of a lot guilt of and a lot of yeah. a lot of anger and a lot of whatever and a lot of you know like embarrassment and all this kind of stuff. So okay, so here's okay, so they did try. They tried to take you out of class when you were young, and it used to bother you so much to be pulled out of class that you would really have a total meltdown. I don't know if you remember that. So, so let's let's think of how can you be how, how can you be brought out of class without it being a statement to the rest of the students and to you that you're broken? Because I think this is where the real problem is: the way they do it. It's they the way do they do it. In, that's it. It's just the way they do it. So I don't know they... how you teach a bunch of people how to how to do it correctly. It's not my job. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I have no idea. You know, but these people, they they didn't. You know, they're kind of shrewd and they're kind of, you know, they're just kind of not uh, not personal people. Like they, you know, you can't really. I don't know, you know. I have an idea. You tell me if you think this would work. 
All right. So I think what they probably did, and you have to say whether this is true or not, they probably just walked into the classroom and went, Chance, it's time for you to go for your tutor session or your one-on-one session, which is like saying, hey, you, the person who's broken, come with me. I'm going to work with you. If that's how they did it, then I think the problem is right there. Because the truth is, every single person in a classroom could use special help. Sure. For some yes, subject. I know a lot of people. Yeah. Right. So what if what if it was normal to get special help for whatever your problem subject was? Then that would just be you getting help with reading, someone else getting help with math, someone else getting help with uh, gym, someone else. You see what I'm saying? If every well, that's single... the point. You, well, well, that also goes back to my like initial theory about how kids should be taught, you know, the way they want. To live their lives um, individually, like that makes sense. Like not so yeah. much like individually, but close to it. Yeah, you no, know? I agree. Like some, like why is the sheriff, you know, like voted into uh, um, office to become a sheriff? Why can't we vote, you know, teachers in? You know, like you know what I mean? Like why can't the community <laughs> say? Hey, you know what I mean? I'm just throwing it out there. You know what I mean? No, I love why that. Can you imagine? Why won't, <laughs> why won't the government say okay? Every you know, every town and every you know, like district or like every camp, you know, like every county has to vote in all their you know certain teachers that like to teach their kids. So the community has a say of who or who or, or who they're gonna let their kids be you know taught by. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, so a, I love that. <laughs> I think that I'm serious. That's, you know what I mean? So I've so, never heard that idea. So no, well, that's where I was trying to get back to is that I was watching this uh, this documentary about this guy talking about this kind of stuff. So and it was actually a pretty good idea. And he actually said, well, why won't the community vote a math teacher in, and then vote like English teacher in, or vote you know, um, you want to be become a lawyer in your life? Here you go, and you know, or vote a, a teacher you know just had to do like basic house skills, you know, or just how to, you know, like, okay, this is how you rent, you know, like, this is how you buy a car, this is how you, I'm serious, you know, like, this no, is I, how I agree you, with you, you know what, Chance, oh, the loan, you, this is what a loan yeah. is, blah, blah, yeah. blah, you so, know? So, Chance, what you're talking about is literally when, when I took you all out of school. That's basically what you did. That's what I did. I went, okay, that's what you did, and what? it worked. Right, and we just got rid of all the extra learning that never had to happen. We focused on what you had to know and wanted to know for the careers you were after. And Mm -hmm. we did one other thing. We created a world of acceptance and love and brightness and happiness by going to the resorts. So was that instrumental for you? Absolutely, it did. It worked. Yeah. It absolutely worked, right? Like, didn't it, you know, Cash got where he wanted to go. You know, right. like if you, right. you know, like if you force cash to become a lawyer, I'm pretty sure it like wasn't going to happen. You know, it's not right. You exactly. Know, it's not exactly. Feasible. And it's it, not, you know, it's not, like he's going like, to go right. off and do the exact same thing that he's doing right now. Right. And here's the thing. He if we do that, if we stick someone like cash or yourself or Ryan and we force you to learn things just in case you want to be that later. And we call college the most important success. And you're not a success unless you go to college. Let's look at cash. Cash is he owns a house. He has for years. He's he's had many trucks. He's he worked at the same job for a long time until recently, like, what, 20 years. So. 
he doesn't have even a GED. So if if he has to feel like less of a man simply because he didn't go to college or he didn't get to finish high school, how how horrible is that? Well, that's where society is broken, and that's where and that's where I think the shift has to go to. You know what I mean? I think everybody's starting to realize this. You know. Yeah. Like consciously, like they're, I think the world is starting to realize this, and all these doctors and scientists are going on YouTube and they're talking about uh, the system that you're talking about right now. Okay, so we're already we talked so much, we're already out of time. So I want you to give three words of advice, just three things that that parents they're sitting there and they're looking at their child and they see they have an angry child who has meltdowns and screams and has learning challenges. What are three things that you <laughs> think know. they could do to help them? Three things? Yeah, uh, just come up with three things. Think of your life, and what were the mm-hmm. three most important things that, that we did that helped you? The first thing you did is that you took me out of the environment that was hurting me. Awesome. Right? Yeah. Yes. So be willing to do and, that, even if it's hard, even if it means, you know, I don't know if I, like for a lot of parents, they go, but how will I go to work? No, no, no. First you take the action, then you figure it out. Okay, number two? Number two, uh, you have to find out his goals in life. You have to find out what he wants to do. It's not, all, it, it, it's not all about you. It's not all about what you want him to do. You have to find out what he wants. And that will reduce his anger, won't it? And now reduces anger like very substantially. You know, yeah. he will just probably won't be probably will start focusing on the things that he wants to do after you ask him. Hey, what do you want to do, son, daughter, yeah. whatever? Yeah. And then you know? help help make that happen. Okay. And number and, three. And the number three is to help make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Three. You know, pretty three simple steps. You know, and if you follow huge. these three simple steps, you'll get pretty far. <laughs> I I surprised. agree. I agree. You know what? There's three steps people aren't doing. They really aren't. So, thank you. I think that's because you're speaking from a lifetime of experience. You've gone through all of it, and this is the problem that people creating the programs. Chance have never been through any of it. It's true. Yes. And for the record, I agree with you about guns. Son, but I do think if we pulled all the guns while the rest of the world figured out how to teach properly so they weren't raising angry people with easy access, the problem is the people. But we nobody knows how to do this right. So they're making a big mess and making a lot of angry people. And then if they have easy access to guns, I feel like... At least you're well. You're trained. You're trained to have, you know, a respect for the weapon. That's the missing element for people that are just angry and can get access. So that's my problem with it. Well, I don't know. I I, just, I totally, you know, disagree with that. Uh, Hitler took his guns away from his people. Stalin took all his guns away from his people, and uh, a lot of other right. Like, and and I see a lot of people died. Yeah, and, no, I, I, see, I, and I believe in the Constitution and the Second Amendment, and you understand what the like the Second Amendment's for. It's for if if the government goes rogue, the people rise up, take their guns, and they march to the Capitol and you know like take it over and and, yeah, and, and it's told, for I, um, home home defense too. Right. You know what I mean? I think what they did in Canada was pretty cool. They didn't make it illegal to have guns. 
They just made it illegal to have concealed weapons. So if you were deciding to revolt, you could get your hands on all kinds of shotguns and rifles and that kind of thing. What you couldn't have is handguns. So at the very least, you could arm yourself and fight, but you wouldn't be able to sneak into a school with a bunch of stuff hidden in your jacket. And maybe there is a halfway measure there. Well, ask yourself this question. Okay, it's a pretty simple question. You know, if you're a you know, if you're an individual who wanted to kill a whole bunch of people, right? And there's two stores, and one store was full of people who were just going about their day, and they all were packed, and every single one was carrying a a, a concealed weapon. And, and you have one goal in mind: your goal is to rob these people and take their money. And and the next store had the law that you're talking about: take away their guns, blah blah blah. And they had no guns whatsoever. Which store are you going to go rob first? Well, yeah, but there's a third store in my theory. My Mine has people with exposed guns, right? So, in fact, the one I would be least likely to walk into is the one where I can see everybody with a rifle hanging on their shoulder. Okay. <laughs> but seriously, like there's three stores. I think there's a third option. Everybody's going either or. What if there's a third option? I liked the way it was in, in Canada in that regard. We were, it was always legal. My dad always had had rifles and shotguns, but he didn't have a handgun, right? So uh, Well, it doesn't matter what gun you have, mother. You know, it's going to kill the person that you want to kill. It doesn't matter right. if you have a handgun, right. a shotgun, right. a bazooka, or whatever. You know, it's right. going to do so, the same job. So the, right. So the, <laughs> the, question, the question is, you know, do we just make the one where they're trying to trick so they can get into the store with no, where the people are unarmed? That's the thing that I would control. I would control the concealed weapon. Okay, I guess, I, you know, everybody has their own opinion. Yes, this is true. And that is the beauty of parent and child. We get to have different opinions, and I like that too. There you go. Yeah, and look at that. I'm not beating you over the head to have my opinion, and you're not beating me over the head to have yours. There you go, people. They can have different opinions, and you just support what they want, right? That's what they call the Bill of Rights in the Constitution, I guess, and the Second Amendment. That people don't have to have <laughs> that's, they, that's also what they call parenting. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love you. I love you, too. Thank you for doing this, Chance. It was really nice of you. I really appreciate it. No problem. All right. And that was my wonderful son, Chance Shelton, who is in the National Guard and has come a very long way and who I am very proud of even if we don't have the exact same opinion on gun rights. So I want to talk to you about stories from the road right after, okay, 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 great guest giveaway. And what's a great guest giveaway? It's my book because my book has my children in it and bits and pieces and it makes sense, bits and pieces of my children and my life and, and also case studies. And it makes sense to offer that up because we're talking to my children. So uh, the way you get that is you email me at mom number four evermore. So mom forevermore at juno.com. That's J-U-N-O, not Gmail. J-U-N-O. So momforevermore at juno.com. And in the subject line, put miracles are made, chance. And first person to send me that gets the book. Okay, so that is me. I am the OK, OK, great guest giveaway, and I am giving away info on my family. Okay, so let's, uh, let's move on to stories from the road. 
And I want to share this story because I don't think that my book will give you this detailed information on this particular subject I'm going to share. So when Chance and I were talking and he was mentioning this whole idea, he'd watched the documentary and he and he was mentioning how the whole apprentice uh, he never used the word apprenticeship, but I did. That whole idea of figuring out what it is you want to be and sort of streamlining your education down that road. I get it that some people don't know what they want to be yet, but when you have a challenge, you can kind of see, you can kind of see where your skills are and what you'll be good at, and you can kind of get a sense of what a person will be capable of and interested in and stay motivated for. So you really can eliminate a lot of this extraneous education and create a form of apprenticeship even though it's not the pure apprenticeship where you only learn one skill, it's maybe a, a handful of skills. So when he was talking about that, uh, I was thinking, how do I really help people understand the degree to which this is important and how it's done? And then, after, <laughs> and then I thought, wow, well, I got I got to share a story of. Uh, that's happening today, right now, as I tape this with his brother Cash, and we even referred to Cash in the um, in the show. So Cash recently had a relationship with a woman. He's in his early 30s, and he had a relationship with a woman who, while he was away, so he works on the road as a labor hand. He works with. Um, different pipelines and, and, you know, goes and runs little small crews and stuff. And so while he was on the road about eight hours away, he was, his woman was at, at his house. And while he was away, she had a guy there. She got drugs in. They were doing needles, all kinds of stuff that my son, by the way, does not do. And so a big mess happened in his absence, and, and as junkies will do, they sold all this stuff so that they could get more stuff, and he was gone for a while. And I'm going to shorten the story because I want to get to what's important for you to understand so that you can make a difference in your child's life. So basically, at the end of the day, after many years of working at the same job, like well over 15 years, uh, being very respected and loved in his career choice, he ended up trying to deal with this woman and this issue and driving the company truck over to catch her and to stop all this. And he's hours away and he's late and, you know, and, and he's not supposed to be taking the company truck there. And so anyways, he got fired. It turns out they're also laying off other people, so I suppose it was um, convenient for them. But regardless, here he is, long-standing employee, long-standing belief in himself as a great working man, doing fantastic, gets in this relationship that's a mess. Okay. She's finally gone. It was abusive. They chased him around and 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 maced him and and bit him and and he was like phoning, going, "What do I do? What do I do?" Anyway, it was a big mess. They are now gone. She is gone. He is in his house with no furniture, sitting there, going, "Now what? I have no money left." And we we eked him out, you know, twenty bucks here, twenty bucks there to help him through this little period. And he's sitting there, he calls me, and he says, I have $5, I need gas, I have, to get, I have to get food, I have to go to this job I found on Tuesday, and it's, you know, Friday, and what do I do? And so I'm sitting there going, okay, I could just give him money, but if I just give him money, and I'm telling you this because these are the kinds of decisions I've had to make over and over and over with my kids. 
if I just give him money, then he's going to ask for it again next week and the week after because he's in a bind. But if I teach him how to do something about it, then he will learn not only what to do in this circumstance, but he'll have to take the action. He'll have to do it. And he will then be stronger because of it. So this is not easy to do. It, I mean, you just want to go, okay, here's $100. But I know, I know what will happen. So I said, oh, okay, well, let's see. Um, you can mow lawns. Do you still have a lawnmower? Did she sell that? This is exactly what I said. Now, he's afraid to go up to someone's door and knock on the door and, and say, hi, I want to mow a lawn. But guess what? His little brother has paid the rent that way many a day. So now his little brother, who he's never really bothered to reach for help from, gets to be the hero. So I call Rye, and, I, you know, Rye's like, wow, I get to help my big brother. This is great. I'm going to show him how to do it. So he's driven over, and the two of them are off trying to get lawns to mow. Now, I may kick him some money, but don't tell him yet. But what is important here is that I won't do that unless he's first learned how to land on his feet and be responsible for this problem that showed up. He has to solve it. Now, I'm not going to let him starve, but I really want him to be benefited by this horrible problem that happened because I don't want him in that situation ever again. So I want him to know that if everything falls apart, there's a way to solve it. I want him to know that there are systems to go to. I talk to him about the shelters, the food banks, all these things. He is a working man. He will not use those things unless he has to. But he needs to know they're there, and he needs to be the one doing it, not me doing it for him. If I don't act like that every step of the way with my kids, every step, they don't become independent. And that's why they got off the spectrum. And that's why they became successful. Because when there were problems, I taught them how to help themselves. If you can't be strong enough to do that every time, then you are going to do the opposite. And you are going to teach them not to help themselves. And you are going to teach yourself not to help yourself by helping them help themselves. I know I know it's confusing, but it's really just about having a clear vision of what you're trying to do for your child. Am I trying to help them be stronger and more independent, or am I going to let the fact that this hurts my heart and I want to wrap my arms around them and save them, am I going to let that matter more than their eventual strength? It's your call. You know, but it's truly a choice that you're going to make when your child is special almost daily. So that is the difference, and that's how I did it. And if you want that for your child, get ready to analyze every choice, every moment. It's a long job, but you can do it. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad, and thank you for being here, because without you... Nobody would have heard how great my son is, and I'd just be talking to myself.
Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of a new spin on autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear you. 